and good morning. Uh, so Pastor Shannon and his family are on a well-deserved uh, spring break. Uh, so I will be, um, I'm blessed to be up here with you for the next two weeks. I hope you feel the same way. Uh, but we're actually going to take a step away. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take a step away from 1 Corinthians. I tricked you because uh, Carrie read from 1 Corinthians, but we're actually going to take a step away from that. And the reason why is Pastor Shannon's been doing a, an amazing job going through 1 Corinthians and, and what Paul is trying to get across to the uh, Corinthians as well as to us. So this next two weeks, we're going to be talking about being content. And I know that sounds like a barrel of fun for you all. Um, and, I, and the reason why is a few weeks back, I had to cancel. Uh, let me, I'm going to tell you why we're talking about this. Uh, a few weeks back, I actually had to cancel youth group for the 20th time this winter because of snow. And my wife, Brittany, had a good idea. She said, why don't you go and make a video, put it on Facebook, what the lesson was going to be. And it happened to be on content that week. And it's been on my heart uh, since then. So before we go on, though, my question is, is when you hear I'm content or someone's content, what, what do you think? Just yell it out. Comfortable. Peaceful. Happy. Satisfied. All right. So you all managed to get the definition of it in a state of peaceful happiness uh, or if you're in the British House of Lords, it's actually one who votes on a certain movement. And I didn't know that's what that was until I looked this up. So there's your fun fact for the morning. Uh, and if you're in quiz, if you know, if you're into the whole quiz scene, maybe, maybe that'll be a question. But anyways, doesn't that sound good? Uh, peacefully happy in a state of peaceful happiness. Who doesn't want that? Uh, today we're going to talk about being content. Uh, and where God has us in the season of life that we're in. We're going to talk about three roadblocks that I think culture has formed uh, that has made it insanely difficult to be content in where God has us in life. Uh, and my goal is for you to walk out of these doors content, peacefully happy, where God has you in life, ready to, to glorify Him in all that you do, ready to understand that it's not always about the next part of life. You know, with that, if only I had, if only I could, if only mentality. mentality. And before I go on, uh, I, I told you this has been on my heart. A lot of times when I get to preach, God manages to always put something on my heart pretty heavily. And the reason I think is because I'm a pretty dense person. Um, I don't really get things. And I think God is saying, listen, Matt, if, if you're going to share the words that I'm going to give to you, you're going to get something out of this too. Uh, so understand that uh, I also do not like the sound of my voice. So I will never watch this video. I will never listen to it. So I'm going to take in this morning what God's trying to teach all of us in this room. Is that fair? So, so just stay with me as we do that. And from my life, what, what, what has this looked like in Matt's life? This whole, my, most of my life, I've lived with this illusion that the grass is always greener on the other side, that something that's about to happen is more important or better than what I'm going through. You know, the event, the different circumstance, whatever it is, it's going to bring Matt fulfillment. It's going to bring Matt what he thinks he deserves. Here is a quick overview of my life. You ready? I'm going to go through 33 years real quick. Um, when I was a kid, I uh, get out of my parents' house, you know, all kids, you want to, oh, man, my parents don't know what they're talking about. They don't love me. They don't care about me. They're just looking out um, for themselves, and they don't want me to have fun. All the kids in the room, this is your mini message for the morning. You ready? 
Nine out of 10 times, your parents are right. I'm lowballing. Um, your parents do love you. They are looking out for your best interest. And here's the funny thing. The reason they're doing what they do is because they learn from their mistakes by not listening to their parents. And it's this whole vicious cycle that you're looking at me right now saying, Matt, now you don't know what you're talking about. And at the age of 21, 22, or my case, 30, you'll learn that your parents really did know what they were talking about. So I'm in my parents' house and all right, so I need my first real job. So I get, my, I get a job, and uh, I'm thinking, okay, now I got money. Now I can be happy. And then I realize, okay, well, I'm still in my parents' house. Now I need to go to college. I need to get out of college. I need to get my first real job. And then once I get my first real job, then I'll be happy because obviously money brings happiness, and then I'll be where I need to be. And then I'm like, no, 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 that's not true. You know what I need to do is bring someone into this illusion that I have. And here walks in Brittany, who for some reason, I don't know why, but she married me. And then I brought her along for the illusion. And uh, you know, we're, we've had such an amazing life together that we're so blessed. And I couldn't, I, clearly God knew what he was doing when he put, put her with me because I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, it's just... You chose me. So then we decided to, um, we decided, okay, well, now we need kids. So Maribella and Bray comes along, and these kids are in diapers. They, they sleep like two hours a night. I never get sleep, but it's okay. You know, it's not a big deal. I'll get out of it one day. And then when I get out of it, now you parents know who's past that side. You're like, man, you're not going to get out of it. It's, don't worry. They're, they're still, they're, they're still going to be there. And it goes on and on and on. And what I'm trying to get at is, I had to come to a realization that what I was doing was wishing away the current season because I was wishing the next season to come up. I have found that every season, though, has new hopes. Every season has challenges. Every season has its ups and downs. And what I was doing was missing what God was trying to do in my life right then and right there because, again, I was so worried about what's next. What's next that's going to make me happy? What's next that's going to get me to where I want to be? I was missing the season that God was blessing me with to bring glory to him. And I was being selfish, wondering, when, when's Matt going to get what he deserves? When's it going to be perfect for Matt? You see, culture has done to me and to many of us, has again, has made it really difficult for us to, to live a life for God. Because I got something to tell you. Most of the time, culture doesn't care about your relationship with Jesus. I'm not saying all the time. I'm saying most of the time. And they form these roadblocks This, oh, Matt, you can have so much more than you have. You just, you, you just need to work on that. You need to get there. You know what I'm talking about, the, the commercials. Enjoy, you know, get what you deserve. Fulfill your dreams. Follow your passions. This, it's all about ourselves. But what did Jesus say? Well, Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And as I said earlier, what we do, we want to do it for the glory of God. I said I would be out of 1 Corinthians, and I really am, uh, but I have another one for you. <laughs> so uh, in a couple of weeks when Pastor Shannon touches on these, uh, it'll just be a little review. 1 Corinthians 10.31, Paul says, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Whatever you do, whether it's changing diapers, whether it's picking up your kids from school, whether it's picking them up from extracurricular activities, whether it's hanging out with family, whether it's hanging out with someone that you're not particularly fond of, whether um, 
It's doing something at work that you're going, why, why am I doing this? It, it's pointless. It doesn't make sense. You do it for the glory of God. I had a pastor when I was in high school. I will never forget what he said. I worked at McDonald's, um, and I loved it. I, I did. I'm serious. Like, I promise you, it was a lot of fun. And, God, or, and, and the, the pastor, my pastor told me, he said, Matt, I was complaining about, oh, man, they do, make me do all these things. Because, again, I was 16. I thought I deserved more. And he said, Matt, you are going to be McDonald's best employee. Do you know why? And I said, why? He said, because you are a child of God. And what you do, you do for the glory of God. So wherever you are, whatever you do, you need to be the best person you can. I was like, like, you mean like flip burgers like really fast and, you know, be good at that? He said, no. He said, the people around you, what, where God has placed you in that season, that's what you do. And you do it with a passion. You do it with a purpose for God. I've been pretty open with you so far this morning. And I want to keep going to, for you to understand that most of the decisions I have made in my life have been for me. Again, what makes Matt happy? What makes me feel good? What gets me to the next season? Because that's what I deserve. That life isn't what I thought it was. That life isn't going the way that I planned. Life isn't as easy as I thought it would be. God, you need to get me out of this life because then I'll be able to do what you need me to do. And I want to make something clear. I am not saying not to plan for the future. You clearly have to do that. I'm not saying to stop planning, preparing, thinking of what's next in life. I don't want you to leave here and say, the guy this morning told me just to sit there and be content and where God has me not plan for anything and not worry about the future. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is when you start to get to a point where that becomes your passion, that becomes your purpose, how can I get to the next stage in life? How can I get where I think I deserve? I don't care about what's going on now. And what you're doing is you're missing what God has for you right in front of you. But anyways, um, this is where God really started working in my life, and I'm realizing this, and I always say he, smacked me in, you know, he smacks me in the head with a two-by-four. He doesn't really do that. I feel like that. Uh, and I got to the point where I realized the prize or the grass is greener or what is out there is better than what I'm going through. It was so wrong. As a follower of Jesus Christ, our prize, our life is, or the grass is green on the other side, is in our daily life. The prize is that you get to glorify God. What if we start living with an attitude of everything we do, we do for the glory of God? The prize, the grass is greener, is where God has us right now. And because of that, we can be content, peacefully happy, where God has us in life right now. Not when I get out of my parents' house, when I get my first job, when I get a family, and so on and so on. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10, which Carrie read, says, For I am the least of the apostles. This is Paul. For I am the least of the apostles, not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Yet not I, but, by the, but the grace of God was within me. When we see the word but here, we need to get excited. When Paul is saying, listen, I was a pretty terrible person, but you know that God's going to intervene in a powerful way, and he does here. 
but by the grace of God, I am what I am. But the grace of God that is within me. Paul says, I worked harder than all of them. Is he bragging here? No, I don't believe he's bragging here. He's saying, my life was so messed up that I had to work insanely hard to get where God had, was calling me to be, to get to a point of glorifying God in all that I do, to get to the point of being who he needed me to be, what I, that Paul was in this so deep into this persecution of Christians and living a life for himself that he had to work really hard to get there. And in fact, everything was turned around in spite of him. It was turned around, but by the grace of God. There may be some of you this morning who are still working on that before the but grace of God part, um, and that's okay. I want you to understand that God's love is always here. It's never changing. It's always, it's a, a love that's unmatched by any other love. It's not one day God's going to say, well, you got your chance. Sorry. It's, it's gone. That's not the case. I'm not telling you to wait. <laughs> I'm telling you that if, if you feel this, that this is where you're at, this selfishness or so far away from God, that he is waiting. He wants you to be content peacefully happy in the, the grace that he has given you, his redeeming love through Jesus Christ. He wants you to, to, to be with him and to follow your purpose and to follow your plan. I promise you that he, nothing you have done is outside of his love. Nothing you have done is outside his redeeming grace for you. Well, I had to work really hard to get to where he was. I can't imagine the sacrifices that Paul made from his perspective. I imagine if Paul was standing right here and I was like, dude, what did it take to help us? How did you get from so much selfishness through everything and to glorify God? And I think Paul would say something like this. So I'm going to be Paul for the next minute or so. I think Paul would say something like this. Matt, life isn't always going to be comfortable. I had to learn quickly that following Jesus wouldn't always be comfortable. I was beaten. I was shipwrecked. I was snake bitten by a poisonous snake. I was left for dead. I was put in prison, which by the way, I wrote a few books in prison, not a big deal. But Matt, I had to learn that if I lived this, woe is me. God, why did you do this to me? God, why did you put me here? Matt, I realized that I would miss out what God was doing. So Matt, what I had to do was pray for boldness. I had to pray that God, through all this persecution, would give me a boldness to continue to be who he was. Because, Matt, I learned real quick that it wasn't going to be easy. I didn't want to stop serving Jesus and what I did because, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. All right, back to Matt. I guess what you could say is that Paul was being content in the season of life he was in, no matter how terrible it was. He was doing whatever he did for the glory of God. He wasn't just thinking, God, get me out of this season. God, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm done with this. My life is terrible. Because he said, no, 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 no. God had a plan. He had a purpose for me. And this is where I'm going to glorify him in all that I do. And also know that this morning, I know, some of you I'm sure are just glaring daggers at me, staring daggers at me saying, Matt, you have no idea what I'm going through. And you're right, I don't. God does. And I promise you 
that if you learn to put your trust, your faith, your hope in what God's purpose is for you and understand that it'll get better in the sense of, I don't want to promise you it's going to get better, life in general. Like I said, sometimes it's just not. But I promise you when, you have, when you're walking with God, when you have that relationship, when you're letting the Holy Spirit empower you, giving you that boldness, you can do it. I promise you, you can do it. Now I'm going to talk, you know, we've talked about our selfishness, and some of you are like, great, thanks, I feel great about myself. Um, but we need to understand that there's going to be resistance, that it's not always going to be smooth, it's not going to always be easy, there are going to be roadblocks. Culture has done an awesome job, and we're going to talk about those roadblocks this morning, because I think... Uh, are there other things outside of here? Yes, but I think a lot of the roadblocks we have can be put into one of these buckets, one of these three buckets of this, these roadblocks. So the first is the seduction of comfort. You, you know what I'm talking about. What, what you really need is a better home. What you really need is a nicer car. What you really need is this luxurious vacation. What you really need is to get a better job or, or a promotion and, and focus fully on that because that is how you're going to get what you need and that's how you're going to be happy. That's how you're going to be comfortable. Again, God never called, it, called us to easy. He called us to deny ourselves, to take up our cross. Re- re- recall a few minutes ago, I talked about Paul's struggles. He was shipwrecked, he was beaten. He was snake-bitten, thrown in jail, left for dead. Remember I talked about that? What did he do? He prayed for boldness to, in his faith to, to keep living for God. I tell the students that living a cushy life isn't going to always have kingdom value. Most of the time it's not. Sometimes we need to step out of our comfort zone and, and realize that we got to do that in order to be people changers for the kingdom of God and realize that it's not going to always be comfortable and not to listen to culture all the time that this is what you deserve and when you start doing this and you, you need comfort, you lose what God is trying to do. The second one is the allure of constant distractions. And you all know what I'm talking about. The notification, oh, got a notification on my phone. I always end up talking about my phone. I guess I have an issue with it. But, um, you know, oh, what, what did she say about me on Facebook? Oh, what did he say about me? Oh, what, what happened here? What happened on Instagram or Snapchat? Or, oh, I hear the dun 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 And I always talk about ESPN, too. I really have an issue. Um, but then I need to say, oh, what did the Pirates do now? They lost another game? Awesome. Or, I mean, I guess in your case, the Packers, Brewers, whoever. But, you know, you're like, oh, I need to see right here, right now. Doesn't matter what I'm doing. Doesn't matter that I'm with my family. Doesn't doesn't matter that I'm praying. Doesn't matter what I am doing. I need to see this now. Oh, I have an email. What's this? Netflix emailed me. 99% chance I'm going to like this movie. Has to be from God. Have to watch it now. I'm going to take two hours because clearly this happened for a reason. Or in my case, uh, if you have an iPhone, uh, they just did an update a few months back where they now have this thing. It's called scre- screen time. And they tell you how much time you spend on your phone. Uh, and here's the funny thing. Charlie actually told me, as I was talking about this in first service, everybody who had an iPhone got their screen time update. <laughs> scary. Anyways, um, so <laughs> I, I, we were joking that they, they like, listen. And so 
Talking about pathetic, I'm like, I don't pick up my phone a hundred times a day. No, I don't. I don't spend hours on my phone a day. I mean, talking about feeling pathetic. And what culture has done is this constant allure of distractions. Is they have trained us. Literally, we become addicted to these distractions where if one thing, if this isn't distracting us anymore, we go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And what is happening is God is... His relationship is so far behind us that it's not even in sight anymore. I think of it this way. I'm going to pick bacon because I love bacon. You pick what you want. Hopefully it's bacon. Um, But, you know, you're on a treadmill, and this person is holding bacon for me, and I'm running on this treadmill trying to get it, and I can't get to it because they're just out of the reach, and I'm not going to go anywhere because I'm on a treadmill. And I think that's what distractions do. We're constantly reaching for stuff. We're constantly training in, in... giving into what culture has said, that these distractions are more important than our walk with God, our family, and things that really matter. The last roadblock, so we have the seduction of comfort, the allure of constant distractions, and the perpetual temptation to quit. This is the one I think um, culture has done an amazing job at, at tricking or training us into doing. If something doesn't make us feel good, we just quit. No worries. We, we don't deserve this. It's not making us happy. It's not giving us comfort. It's not giving us what we thought, so we're just going to quit because culture says it's okay. There has to be something better. School's difficult. Let's just quit. It's not a big deal. I'll go back. Uh, you know, marriage, marriage, this is really hard. I did you know that she doesn't agree with everything I say? I can't believe this. My kids are not Wally and the Beeve. We're not Jude and Warren Cleaver. Yes, I really did watch that because that's how I was allowed to watch growing up with shows like that. So um, we get into this case, you know, into this mindset of, wow, I, this isn't what I thought it would be. So there's going to be something better. And what happens is we listen to culture, just quit. Don't even try. Don't even try. Okay, because there's something better. Now, understand that I know that there are biblical bases for, for divorce. I, I know that. I know that sometimes it just does not work, and I'm not talking about that this morning. What I am talking about is that we feed into what culture says, and we don't even try. So I just challenge you to try before you decide this is where God has directed you. Christianity I drove into the parking lot. There was not one spot. So clearly God was telling me not to go to church this morning. So I drove out. Then I went home and I said, well, okay, I'll at least give the Bible a chance. I opened it up to a random page, Lamentations. Didn't understand one thing. Uh, So I closed that up. I went, okay, well, now I'll give God a chance. So I prayed for something. We're like two months into this. God still hasn't given it to me. So clearly he's not listening. He doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me. I'm just going to quit this. I gave it a fair shot. You can't tell me that I didn't. Life is too hard. I'm just going to throw in the towel and give up. Like I said, these roadblocks, they're not just limited to this. You might have your own. But I think if we're honest this morning, we look at these three, we can say, yeah, there's something in there that is keeping me from being content, peacefully happy, and where God has me in life. You can be stopped by these roadblocks, these uh, roadblocks of comfort, distraction, uh, or the temptation to quit, or you can just plow right through them and continue to glorify God in all that you do. 
as Paul instructed us and showed us in examples, this can happen. Before you know, you're going to be content. You're going to be peacefully happy in the season that God has before you. Are you going to like where God has you? Maybe not. But you're going to be content in the fact that he loves you, and by his grace, you are forgiven, and by his grace, you have a purpose, and by his grace, you have the opportunity to one day see him in glory, that he wants you to be with him. You are a child of him, that he has a purpose for you. So how do we get there? How do we get from being selfish to through these roadblocks and to glorify God in all that we do? And I don't have a quick answer for you. I know you probably hope I did, but I don't. Uh, But I have a few things I hope that will help you. And the first is we need to realize where our heart is. We need to figure out, are we even really ready to love Jesus? Are we really even ready to serve him? Who here has ever seen a graduation speech, you know, some sort, high school or college or something like that? And so many times it's the follow your passions. Do what makes you happy. Do what you feel, again, is your passion. If I can tell you something, passion doesn't always pay the bills, champ. Passion doesn't always get you places. Passion doesn't always get you to where God is calling you. Your selfish passions is about you. My selfish passion is about me. God is calling us to a selfless purpose. God is calling us to a selfless purpose. And once we recognize that, once we recognize that this is where God has called us, that it's not always about me, it's about the purpose that God has set before me, we then recognize that and we become passionate about it. And passion always follows purpose. And here's what I mean by that. I tell the students, uh, this is how I explain, how is your life with Jesus going? I say, what is something that you're passionate about? Think. What is so right now in your seats, think of something you're passionate about, something that you love. Do you find yourself constantly talking to people about it every chance you get? Do you find yourself pursuing it? Do you find yourself learning as much as you can about it, investing your whole life into it, your time, your talents, your treasures, everything that you can give, you give to this passion? Now take that same question and think of it when it pertains to your relationship with Jesus. Are you passionate about him? Do you talk about him? Do you pursue him? Do you learn about him every chance you get? Are you investing your whole life into him, your time, your talents, your treasures? Your whole life is completely involved around Jesus. Can you answer that the same as the passion that we just talked about? When you think of it that way, it's kind of a game changer, isn't it? To realize, wow, I'm more passionate about this than Jesus. It's like I'm more passionate about this than my family. I'm more passionate about this than the things that matter. Maybe that is where it starts. Only you know the, the answers to those questions. So where is your heart for Jesus? That's, it got to start with your heart. You got to understand that God has a purpose for you, that you are loved. You are a child of him, that his grace is sufficient for you, and, and life will start to change. That you realize that Paul, let's let's think of Paul for a minute. He had selfish selfish desires. He was persecuting Christians. And he started following Jesus. I guarantee you he was like, wow, I'm really passionate about being shipwrecked and left for dead. No, that wasn't a passion. What he was passionate about 
was about sharing the love of Jesus. He was passionate about the purpose that was set before him. He was passionate about being content in the season that God had him in. And then what happened was he started writing things like this in Acts 20, 24. However, I, Paul, consider myself worth nothing to me. Sorry. Okay. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. I consider my, I'm going to read this again because I got interrupted there. I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has set before me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. You see it here. Passion follows purpose. So no matter what you do, how you do it, when you do it, you do it for the glory of God. And then we can focus on being content, peacefully happy where God has us according to his plan and purpose. Because we know that outside of him, just like Paul, we're nothing. But by the grace of God, we are who we are. We are children of God. And he loves us, again, a love that's unmatched by any other love, and that we're able to take that love and with purpose, with passion, testify the gospel of God's grace. And again, we let that be what defines us in life. Maybe it begins with seeing how God can work through you. So we've talked about a few things. This is the last thing. Maybe it, it works where um, you, you need to see God work through you. And what I mean by that is don't let God limit you. Let God see what he can do through you. And what I mean by that is maybe it's serving somewhere, like in student ministry. I'm sorry, I always have to do this shameless plug. But I'm serious. Maybe it is kid zone or student ministry or a Sunday, maybe it's serving up here singing, or it's with coffee, or first impressions, or uh, a greeter, or cleaning the church, or whatever it is. Maybe you see somebody at Walmart, and they're struggling with their bags, and you're like, I'm going to help that person. Don't, I, it drives me crazy when people are like, I prayed about it, I thought about it, and it was a no, and then this person's dropping their groceries everywhere. It's like, no, no, I, I don't think that's what God's plan was. I'm not saying what it was, but you can help, and you can see how God can work through you and how he can be a blessing through you. You maybe need to say, to pray, God, I'm busy. My life is insane right now. I know my next season is going to be a little easier, but I need to get involved now. I need to, to have a purpose for you now. I need to be passionate about you now. Please, Holy Spirit, guide me to a passionate life for God.